Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Welcome to Then Sings My Soul on WCAT Radio. I'm your host, Annabelle Mosley. I'm a poet, author, and professor of theology, and this is The Sacramental Living Show, bringing John Paul II's call to make your life a masterpiece. Find inspiration for your life through stories, discussions of Catholic theology, and great music, art, and literature. Join us every Sunday night at 9 as we discover how the sorrows and joys of our lives can become the sacrificial songs our souls offer in wonder and awe to God. What is your soul singing tonight? Happy Easter! He is risen! Alleluia! Welcome to this Easter Sunday episode of Then Sings My Soul. What is your soul singing tonight? No matter what is happening in our lives this Easter, what joy, what pain, our Lord is risen. So let's take a moment to think of the enormity of our gratitude for this fact, our relief. He is alive. What would we say if we were the first one to find the empty tomb? What would we say to the others? What do we say now to our own soul, to experience this Easter anew, as we always ought, daily? With fresh wonder, awe, gratitude, and relief for the best gift in the world, the risen Lord. Let us pray now, with hearts on fire with love, for the most precious blood of Jesus that was shed for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O precious blood of Jesus, infinite price paid for the redemption of sinful mankind. O divine blood, drink and laver of our souls, standing between us and the Father pleading mercy. With all my heart I adore you, sweet Lord, and offer reparation for the insults, outrages, and ingratitude which you continuously receive from human beings, especially those who dare blaspheme the divine blood you shed for us. Bless this blood of infinite value. Bless the fire of Jesus' love who shed it to the last drop for us. Where would I be if not for this divine blood that redeemed me? Indeed, Lord, I have drawn, if from you, to the last drop. What love! Thank you for this saving balm. 
May every heart, every tongue, now and forever, praise and thank this priceless balm, this saving blood, this fountain of crimson mercy, welling up from the fountain of infinite love. Amen. Let's contemplate that love now and our gratitude and the place where those two meet. As we listen to one of the most perfect songs I can imagine listening to on Easter Sunday, it's that good. It happens to be one of the most arrestingly praise-filled songs I've ever heard. And the change in tone and mood from the way it starts to the way it culminates to the way it ends, well, it encapsulates the Paschal mystery itself in music. Here now, This Blood by Rita Springer. Liquid. Liquid. Oh. 
From Colossians 3. Therefore, if you be risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Mind the things that are above, not the things that are upon the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ shall appear, who is your life? Then you also shall appear with him in glory. Know you not that a little leaven corrupteth the whole lump? Purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new paste, as you are unleavened. For Christ, our Pasch, is sacrificed. Therefore let us feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Just transitioning now from that powerful scripture, on this Easter Sunday, it's a good time to remember the words of Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Why these words? Because we hope to bring the spirit of Easter, this gratitude, this joy, this this glorious love, we hope to bring this spirit to the rest of our days all year and going forward for the rest of our lives. We hope to be an Easter people every day. And Elizabeth Barrett Browning put it well. She said, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush a fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest... Sit round it and pluck blackberries. So, let us see earth as crammed with heaven. Let us see, today and every day, all of creation afire with God. With resurrection. With new life. Let us look at the world with the wise wonder and awe of children as we proclaim, My God, how great thou art. Today and tomorrow, and always, because Christ lives, our soul must rejoice. Truly, for us, with this good news, morning has broken. 
like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing, praise for the morning. Praise for them springing fresh from the world. Here's Judith Durham. Morning has broken.
In honor of Easter, I'd like to share with you my poem, In the Church, A Mirror Crown. It's written in the voice of a marionette, of all things, who represents any sinner, having an experience of conversion, confession, and redemption in the church in which she finds herself. Of course, there's a lot of symbolism to the marionette, the metaphorical strings we find ourselves bound by, and then the experience of being freed. Here's In the Church, a mirror crown, written in the voice of a marionette. I've come here to confess, that must be why, after the puppet show was over, done, my unstrung hero left me here to die a puppet death of solitude, a gun to splinter all my grains of wood to prayer. He always knew I needed crowds and light. I'm propped up in a pew. This is his dare. But leaving me alone here wasn't right. It's strange to feel the absence of each tug upon my strings. My puppet master's gone. I sense a creeping feeling like a bug, intimidating beauty like a swan. There's something vital in the silence here. It's doubt or faith. It's trust. Or is it fear? It's doubt or faith. It's trust. Or is it fear? What is it that I feel when I'm alone? Dependency has marked my whole career. In all this stillness, there's an undertone, susurrous music of identity. What am I when I do not move or dance? I'm tangled up, a dumb non-entity. Not even Puppet Master could enhance my negativity, my lack of hope. Only the one who made all life could know the trees I came from and the broader scope, the seeds of what imagined I would grow. Tonight I want to go back to my roots, Escape my strung-up tree, my buried shoots. Escape this strung-up tree with buried shoots. Flee from the cold eyes watching me perform. Perhaps he felt like this among the roots, between night's petals, huddled to keep warm. Among his sleeping friends, the garden bed, so dark with dread, 
I look up at him now. He hangs here in this church above my head. He moves me without strings to make a vow. I promise here I'll sit all night with him. I've finally found a use for lidless eyes. I see that he is nailed there, limb by limb attached to wood, but by such different ties. All this and he went willingly. He chose death's own marionette until he rose. Death's own marionette until he rose, each person was a puppet strung to death. What this crucifix teaches, what it shows. True freedom comes in honoring each breath. I feel the air against my wood, my dust. I'm glad the puppet master left me here. He always pulled at me, challenged my trust. He sometimes made me think... I needed fear. Remember where I come from? Mystery plays. Marionette means little Mary, right? Always above me, there's a cross that stays, cruciform wood to hold my limbs for flight. A cross was always over Mary's head. In nightmares, she would wake and find him dead. In nightmares she would wake and find him dead. She worried even when he was a child, nestled the sleeping boy below her head, fearing the pain he'd face, worries compiled. Umbilical cord was the virgin's string, connecting her to her one. I suppose she's like me, cross above her, bonds that cling. The only difference is that Mary chose. I see the stories there, in that stained glass. I've stayed awake all night, pale morning light, enunciating this, my private mass. Marian's found a home here. This feels right. Only a god nailed to a cross could know my smaller burden suffering the show. My smaller burden, suffering each show. There, propped against the font, an instrument. It's that large-bodied, stringed puppet I know to be a cello. Music imminent. I hear it in my thoughts. Here's what I want. To recognize the good in how I'm carved. I see the good in sound holes, tunes that haunt. I see beauty in bridges, varnish. Starved for goodness in myself, I just see red. Synthetic red hair, painted blush, dark as a realization. The scroll is my head. The fingerboard's my neck, my body's jazz. I sense it now. I thought my hopes were frayed. I am the instrument. I must be played. I am the instrument. I must be played. It's true that motion is my music, dance. I'm willing to sit here forever, 
betrayed this life of needing hands to make me prance. Death to dependency. Yet, if I'm grabbed by the puppet master, I will go. Freer than I was heretofore. If nabbed, then that will be my sacrifice. I'll grow. Willingly I will face the stage again. If that's the cup that will not pass from me, I think I can accept that. That's not pain, compared to sacrifice nailed to a tree. At first, I thought I'd been left here to die. I've come here to confess. That must be why. In that poem, a kind of paradise is found for the character of Marion, when after performing in a show given at a church, she's left behind, propped up in a pew. At first, being there alone feels like death, a puppet death of solitude, a gun to splinter all my grains of wood to prayer. He always knew I needed crowds and light, she says, showing discomfort in the vital silence and darkness of the church. Marion's experience is what she calls intimidating beauty. This is Marion's authentic encounter with the numinous, the mysterium tremendum, that sense of closeness to the divine mystery that can leave one overwhelmed, even frightened. The theme of free will for this puppet continues as Marion beholds a figure of the crucified Christ hanging high above from the church ceiling. She realizes the poignant similarity, a body hanging from a wooden cross. She sees the story of his sacrificial death in the stained glass. All this, and he went willingly. He chose, she says. So we arrive at the essential component, choice. Marion later realizes a connection to Christ's mother, Mary. Marionette means little Mary, right? Always above me there's a cross that stays, cruciform wood to hold my limbs for flight. A cross was always over Mary's head. In nightmare she would wake and find him dead. Again, the essential component of Mary is her choice. I suppose she's like me, cross above her, bonds that cling. The only difference is that Mary chose, Marion says. Marion's journey culminates in two ways. First, she finds a blessing in the lidless eyes she complains of earlier in her story. Earlier in the book, a part I didn't read tonight, she says, I should have the humane option to be closed. But now in Paradiso, she has finally found a use for lidless eyes, which is to keep awake with Christ in Gethsemane. I promise here I'll sit all night with him. Though her body is not within her control as a puppet, her will is. Marion could be physically rooted to her seat, but if she did not will the love and companionship she offers Christ in Gethsemane, her proximity would be of no value. Secondly, Marion decides she prefers the lack of motion, a frozen-limbed life, to the life of performing under the puppet master's control. 
Yet, she accepts, if I am grabbed by the puppet master, I will go freer than I was heretofore. If nabbed, then that will be my sacrifice. So, indeed, her will is at work once again. She dreads a return to the life of having her limbs tugged and pulled by the puppeteer. But if she must, she'll see it as her sacrifice. She'll give it in love. That's how Marian is transformed by grace and seeks to imitate Christ in both his suffering and the hope of resurrection. Marian has finally felt truly understood. Only a God nailed to a cross could know. My smaller burden. Suffering the show. Some readers have asked me if the symbol of the puppeteer represents God. I always emphatically state he certainly does not. He couldn't. God could never be represented as a puppeteer. Since he's given the gift of free will, always letting us choose. Symbolically speaking... To be a marionette, to have a puppeteer, at times, is to be under the sway of the enemy, one who would enjoy, as C.S. Lewis reminds us, making a soul bend and twist the way he wants us to. Isn't each of us at times entrapped like a marionette, dancing to another's tune? Inevitably, yes. Not just through the enemy, but through circumstance, through challenges of life. Handicaps, disabilities, fears, worries, constraints, deaths. But as Marion reminds, it's dancing through restraint that is the test. You know, I never did like marionettes. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Um, I remember I was given one when I was a little kid. It was a clown with a painted face red cotton ball buttons, a striped suit. I pitied it tremendously, not, not only for its strings, but for how frequently I got them knotted. Not on purpose, just they knotted very easily. But I'm glad I had this toy as a child because it gave me a better understanding of the form of a marionette, and I now have a special fondness for them. The ever-present strings of the marionette remind me of the sufferings and sacrifices of each of our lives. None are without them. The duties, the loyalties, the burdens, the sacrifices of each of our lives. And the present strings of the marionette also remind me of the cost of redemption. The great cost, which was the crucifixion. And just as a fun side note, um, in the middle of this very profound conversation. The way I came to write about this marionette was simply an artist friend of mine, a photographer friend said to me, Hey, Annabelle, do you think, you know, I, I have a bunch of photographs. I'm going to be doing a gallery show. I have a bunch of photographs on a series of, of photos I did on a marionette. Could you maybe write a poem to go along with these photos of marionettes? And I thought to myself, Oh God, I, I don't think I can. Then I realized, you know what? It's a challenge. If I can write about a marionette, maybe I can write about anything because I never really liked them much. And uh, so I'm always grateful for the way the Holy Spirit works sometimes because I, uh, I came to find so much metaphor in the symbolism of a marionette for the spiritual life, for the Christian, for the lover of Jesus Christ. Here now, on this Easter Sunday, thinking of the ways we dance 
through restraint. Here's Lauren Daigle in Christ Alone. What is your soul singing tonight on Easter Sunday? I invite you to pause a moment now to think joyfully of the Easter traditions you most enjoy with your family, with friends, even on your own. Is it a certain food? For me, I love strawberries and cream, sausages with horseradish on rolls for breakfast. It's a long tradition in my family going back to when I was a little girl. Do you have a favorite Easter activity that you enjoy with your family after Mass on Easter? Um, For me, it's helping my children hunt for eggs. Just seeing the wonder in their faces as they find their colorful prizes hidden among the grass and flowers. Do you have fond memories from childhood or memories of your children or grandchildren 
nieces or nephews, cousins. What are those moments? Because it really is our stories that make life so meaningful. And it's always good to pause on special days and ask ourselves, what are the precious memories we have of those days? And maybe there's some painful memories too, or some sorrowful ones mixed in of loss on Easter. I shared with you last week that I lost a very dear loved one on Palm Sunday. And then that becomes part of our story too. Part of our sacrifice, part of what our soul sings, part of what we offer with love to the Lord. So here's another question. What are the moments in your life that have been transformative, revivifying, restorative, moments of new birth, really Easter moments for you? What are moments of grace you've experienced on a personal level, of light after darkness, finding purpose after pain, encountering joy after sorrow? a personal resurrection for you after an encounter of death? What have those moments been? I'll share with you, my husband proposed on the early evening of Holy Saturday years ago. And so Easter reminds me of what I've always called my life's mark of resurrection. We announced our engagement on Easter Sunday, 2010, sharing our happy news with the family. But best of all, I married Mark on the same altar where my father's funeral mass had been celebrated, where I'd lectured for him at that funeral mass. It was amazing to have both experiences in the same place. And as part of my wedding vows, I penned Sonnet for Our Wedding, Mark. And because it's part of my life's most revivifying mysteries, I'll share it with you tonight. My childhood's faith was tested in this place the same day it grew strong. For it was here my father's coffin rested. Now I face a covenant of new life without fear. And as the grief shroud rolls back from my skin, I find that stars are falling from the cloth, for you are my mark of resurrection. In a dress that is moon-white, I am your moth. Yours is the light that will not burn me, and the water everywhere has turned to wine. You are the mystery that I understand. Yours are the roots I reach to intertwine. We join and flecks of worship fall like rice to seal this altar where we've transformed twice. I invite you now to search for this beautiful image, this beautiful painting by a very unusual name of this artist, Antiwed Grammar. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right. It might be Antiwed, but it's A-N-T-I-W-E-D, Antiwed Grammar, and he painted something beautiful, Mary Magdalene at the Tomb of the Risen Christ. 
it's a great one. I mean, there's lots of paintings about, you know, featuring Mary Magdalene, but this one's a really great one for pulling us in right there at the scene where she discovers the risen Lord, um, where she's entered the tomb and, and it shows the miracle she would have encountered. So again, if you do a search for that, or if not now, maybe coming back later to do it, um, here I'll share with you now, Mary Magdalene describes the resurrection. Disconsolate, my weeping blinded me to angels lounging in his tomb. The gift they claimed, to sit where he had lain, must be a warmth that pierces stone. And yet, the rift within my heart could only feel his loss. Their vigil held new life. Mine was a cry that longed to cling, a garden shroud of moss. What made me turn around? I wondered why the angel's eyes had filled with tears of light. Correctly, I beheld a gardener. He spoke my name, fully restored my sight, to see all that had bloomed. Good pardoner, you've made it spring, flowered forth from the grave, an herb of lasting sweetness from the cave. An herb of lasting sweetness from the cave, I tried to cling to him, instead received a sacred mission, spread my word. He gave this task to send my heart, so deeply grieved, in service, to bind up my wounds and theirs. His words were tendrils climbing as he'd speak, a vine to strengthen and console his heirs. Why are you crying? Who is it you seek? Each word's petal was bold and had a smell like frankincense and honey. This bouquet I'd bring to the apostles. I would tell his morning ones, I spoke with him today. In death I sought my Lord. But what I found? My Lord God gardener, raised from the ground. Reading from Luke, chapter 24, verses 30 to 35. And it came to pass, while he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said to one another, Was not our heart burning within us while he spoke in this way and opened to us the scriptures? And rising up the same hour, they went back to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven gathered there, together, and those that were staying with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how they knew him in the breaking of the bread. Let us pray. O God, who this day by your only begotten Son, vanquishing death, has unlocked for us the gate of eternity. Help us to attain the desires to which you've led us by your inspirations. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, as we renew our baptismal vows, help us to be made worthy of eternal life, that we may always seek to do your will in our hearts and minds, that we may show others your saving grace and your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
O God, who makes the faithful to be of one mind and will, grant that we, your people, may love what you command and desire what you promise, so that, amid the changing things of this world, our hearts may be fixed, where true joys are to be found. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray that we may have the eyes to recognize Jesus. Do we know him in the breaking of the bread? Do we recognize him in those we encounter who are filled with his light? What are the many ways we recognize our resurrected Lord's presence in the world today? Let's meditate on that important question as we listen to a brief work of classical music that I know you're going to love because it's by Bach. The music I'm about to share with you is as beautifully restorative to the soul as light streaming through stained glass or sunlight pouring through clouds. It's transcendent. It's from the great Bach. It's the chorale, Jesus Christus, Gottes Son, from Bach's Easter Cantata, played by the BBC Philharmonic. It's just a little over three minutes, and really captures the essence of Easter. Here's Bach's Easter Cantata.
better way, what better way indeed to celebrate Easter than with Bach? And now let us pray. O God, who for our redemption gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of the enemy, grant us so to die daily to sin, that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, who made this holy night to shine with the glory of the Lord's resurrection, stir up in your church that spirit of adoption, which is given to us in baptism, that we, being renewed both in body and mind, may worship you in sincerity and truth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we, who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection, may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Happy Easter, my listeners. Good night to you, my listeners. Thank you for spending time with me, reflecting in awesome wonder. Join me every week right here on WCAT Radio at 9 p.m., the sacred hour. for sleep tonight, may your soul sing peacefully. God bless you.
We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.